It is. This is my. This is my formal rollout. Can yeah. I get real radio real yeah. second? Yeah, do it. Do it. Um, this is your boy Five Likes. Uh, um, I'm Mike Andrews. Uh, I'm. I, I do a podcast. It's called The Idea of Manhood. Um, people are coming in. Look at that. That's crazy. Wow. Um, I, I do a podcast called The Idea of Manhood, um, and I've been doing the show for a few years. Um, but before we hop into that. Uh, I went to JMU. I went to James okay. Madison University. I'm, I'm familiar with with my man uh, Brandon right here. Different times though. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little bit older, um, but you know we. I, I'm just really happy to share this platform with uh, with you, Brandon, and and just to talk about you know some real topics and talk sure. about some things that that you know. Have been hitting us hard lately. Absolutely. You know, I follow you on all platforms. We talk. You know, exactly. we've had conversations, and um, I just think this is a great platform for us to to talk about that. So that that's just who I am. I'm I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm an educator. Um, I, I've been working in the area of you know race and ethnicity mm-hmm. and diversity and education and all those intersections for 15 years or so, and so. Um, you know, these are things that I'm always thinking about, but mm-hmm. now it's it's prime for us to to really talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll jump in and, mm-hmm. and give a, a reintroduction to who I am. Um, so my name is Brandon. Uh, I guess most of y'all would know that because you're on my page right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, in my alternative life, um, I am one half of the On That Note podcast. Um, so shout out to my man Calvin couldn't be with us tonight for this conversation. But um, to Mike's point, also went to JMU. Um, go Dukes! Yes, go Dukes! Um, we have some other connections related mm-hmm. to our JMU experiences mm-hmm. that we'll delve into as we have this conversation. But um, as you all know, who know me in my you know everyday life, and you see me on social media. Um, being authentic to who I am, to what I believe in, um, is at the core of everything that I do. And, you know, when you were speaking about being an educator and doing, like, race and, you know, diversity and inclusion work, things like mm-hmm. that, you know, as I'm also an educator mm-hmm. um, and been in the field for about 10 years going on. Mm-hmm. Gosh, wow, that feels crazy to say. Right. Um, but <laughs> right. <laughs> But, you know, I think that having different um, historically marginalized and intersecting identities, um, whether it's being a a black male, being a a black gay male, um, you know, being a woman of color, any of those intersecting identities, whether you are intentional about it or not, you always find yourself doing that work, right? Right. You know, you you have to... Every job I've ever gone into. (laughs) I end up being the race guy somehow, right? (laughs) So, you know, I think that for me, in terms of um, not only having race, but then having the sexual identity piece um, added on as well, it's definitely early on in my career, I remember, like, kind of trying to navigate how I talked about it because I didn't even talk about it with everybody in my life. Mm. So then, but also realizing that the climate that we were in, if I have access to to these young adults, these young people that maybe need representation, need someone, Mm -hmm. then 
trying to work through how to get over my own stuff to be there right, um, right. And, and to become more centered and share my story. Right, right, so right, right. I think that um, a lot of that, and, and you may wonder kind of like why we started with saying some of that, but a lot of that is what's going to color um, the conversation that we come before you to have tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so thank, thanks for that, Brandon. I mean, so how do we get here? So uh, first of all, Brandon and I, um, I guess maybe where our paths first crossed and we didn't even probably know is uh, JMU mm-hmm. uh, and Alpha. Yes, indeed. Right? Zy Delta Chapter. Yes, indeed. Um, don't get it crazy. We'll still run up on you. It's like I'm playing. Um, uh, but no, so we had experiences in very similar environments mm-hmm. and we probably experienced them very differently. Right. Right? Very similar. Um, very we're going to talk about that mm-hmm. in a minute. But, um, so through that, you know, Brandon and I are both music heads, like music aficionados, yes. you know, the R&B scene, the hip-hop scene, all through throughout. I'd be somewhere random in D.C. <laughs> at a concert and someone tapped me on the shoulder and it's Brandon. Like, what are you, what are you doing? It's legit. Um, a couple times, a number right? of times, uh, yeah. so, um, so, so we definitely had some shared experiences. And so most recently... We were talking about doing a podcast last year, right. so it didn't come together the way mm-hmm. we wanted it to. Um, we're always like, you know, I watch his show, uh-huh. he watches mine, mm-hmm. like we got to get together. We want our voices to be together on something, exactly. right? On exactly. something. We were thinking music, but I think for today, I think it's something a little bit more important mm-hmm. and, and something that, you know, our unique perspectives can be can can have a conversation with folks For that sure. you know that is meaningful more meaningful than whose album is hot you exactly. know what i'm saying absolutely um so just to give you a little background yesterday we all know what took place with um entertainer actor empire star mm-hmm. uh jesse smollett he was uh racially targeted mm-hmm. Uh, sexuality targeted for for being a gay black man mm-hmm. in Chicago. What? What's going? Yo, where? Okay, right. We'll talk right. about that later. Uh, exactly. Um, in Chicago, was poured bleach on. He was, you know, stomped out. Had a noose around his neck, broken ribs, and something about that story, mm-hmm. like something about the the vile nature of it, the vivid nature of it. It just struck me so heavy, Legit. right? And I don't, you know, I don't, entertainers, things happen to entertainers every day. Like, uh, things happen, right. you know? And sometimes you think, like, oh, man, that's crazy, and you keep on moving. Exactly. It was something about this situation that felt personal to me. Mm. It felt like I, I was sad. Like, I was, it, it felt like it was impacting me directly. Right. And usually with things with entertainers, I'm able to separate, like, oh, man, um, so I put up a, a, a passionate post on my Facebook page and everywhere, just like, I'm tired of this. Like, right. I'm tired of, you know, because the first thing I saw, Brandon, was people like, is this because he was gay or because he was black? Like, that's, the, that's literally the first dialogue I saw about the situation. Like, I, it's always amazing to me how people seem to think that we live in a being and in a society that is not both and, right? It's like, it doesn't, and and gosh, I always hate when I forget who said something, but 
Um, there's a quote out there that says that um, it's to the effect of we can't engage in single issue activism because we do not lead single issue lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that quote. Yep. You know, and and it's just like no, it's it clearly if you look at the facts of what happened. It happened both because of his racial and sexual identity. Right. It's not hard right. to 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 see that. It's yeah. not hidden. It's it's very clear. It's yeah. very explicit that that's yeah. why it happened. Um, but moreover, like why does like why does it matter to have to like separate what out? What like, does it matter? Like, <laughs> what does it matter that why he was targeted? He almost was killed. They exactly. poured bleach on this man. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, they were trying to kill him. I think yeah. they were trying oh, no. to kill him. You for don't sure. pour bleach on somebody for fun. No. You know what I'm no. saying? Um, and, and that's like, that's like of the other things that they did, oddly enough, that's like one of the more mild things, right? Like, right. Like, punt, like, like, physically attacking somebody to break their ribs mm-hmm. and and putting his his head in a noose, like... So, the visual way it was described, the fact that when the news was describing it, they were saying a possible hate crime, like, well, they was just playing with the... Like, come on now. So... All of these things led me to write the post, and in the post, I was just like, "Look, we gotta, we gotta come together." Like right. it sounds cliche, and it sounded as I was typing it, I didn't want it to sound like all lives matter. Right. I didn't want it to be like we have to come together in peace and love and love everybody right. because it's not that. Mm-mm. You know, I felt like as a straight man that I had to say specifically, like we have to, whatever, wherever your power is, right? Because we live different. Intersectionalities, right? We have power in different in different spheres, in different spheres, right? So, as a straight man, I have to use my platform, my voice, this conversation Mm -hmm. to say, like, "Yo, fuck, like, f the bullshit." Like, this is like this is enough. We can't say like, "Oh, you know, love to everybody." No, we can't. Like, we as straight men, black, we'll get to the black Uh piece later. As straight men. We have to say this is bullshit, and if I see it, I'm gonna run up on you. I'm gonna, like I'm not gonna take that. I'm not gonna take people talking about my brothers. I'm not gonna take mm-hmm. people, you know, um, you know, harming, putting exactly. the hand up, flip, flex, it's nothing. Right. Like yo, like you know, and, and I feel like it's an active, like activism. Like you have to be actively using wherever your power is mm-hmm. to speak out against this shit. And so. Not only because I know Mike, I knew when I saw the Facebook post, um, I knew the spirit in which it was delivered, um, and I knew what he was saying, but also just because of like your choice of words. Mm. And and I and I pretty much wrote on the status like thank you for using your platform like mm. this. Mm. And then, like, I was like, I'm going to text you. Yeah, yeah. So, the text came right after. Out, and it was like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I was like, you know, like, the reality is that um, although a lot of, like, times, and in, 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 in multiple people do this, um, but, you know, we, we, we're two black men, so we, we speak in, you know, a largely to, our, to the brothers mm-hmm. um, out there. You know, it, it's this, 
it's this hesitation to to want to to want to speak out when something happens that targets a member of the of the community that identifies along the um, along the LGBTQ plus spectrum. Like you know, like as a straight black male, you can't you know be for trans um, you know speak out on trans um, women of color being murdered right, or right. you know as a gay uh, black male, you know, I can't speak out for this or, you know, or you don't see me as being legitimate in that struggle. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. And, and I've had to sit and tell, you know, brothers before, when the police see me, <laughs> right, right, right. We don't look too much different. Exactly. You know what I mean? You might be a little bit more menacing exactly. than me. Right. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> your beard is full exactly. in and mine is still figuring out what it wants to do with itself. I'm praying for I'm praying yeah, for Yeah, just brother. go ahead. If you're you, out there, if you could contribute to my beard, please, that would be really helpful to do that. It's, it's coming, though. It, it is. Um, it is. But no, I, I feel what you're saying right. because... At the, can I share something with you? Uh, share it. So, I, I thought about, like... Exactly what you're just saying. Mm-hmm. As a straight man, you know. Now I'm I'm old. I'm I'm older than you. <laughs> like I'm an old man. Like you know what I'm saying. And these are things that, especially for those of us that came up, you know, and were adolescent growing up in the '90s mm-hmm. and 2000s. Like I didn't know. Like I didn't know that that. This is this is gonna sound crazy, and so don't vilify me until we get to the end, right? Right. I didn't know anybody that was gay until I was twenty. Okay. Right. Uh-huh. You feel me? Like you uh-huh. know what I'm saying? You, I'm walking along with you. We on knew, but like didn't know. But uh-huh. like no one said to me right. that they were gay that I knew until I was twenty, twenty one, maybe twenty two. Mm-hmm. I was. It was after grad school. So I was probably twenty two, twenty three, and that like these were like the the. LGBTQ experience at JMU in the 90s, it was a group. It was... Um, what, Mass Inequality? No, it was called something else. Somebody somebody old from JMU. It was, they had the rainbow logo, uh-huh. and they were called... Was it Rainbow? It probably wasn't very many black people in that group either. No. Right. I'm telling you, it wasn't. Right. I'm telling you. Maybe one, and he or she probably didn't vibe with the black community anyway, but right. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it just wasn't a thing. And so, I'm going to share something with you, Brandon. I kind of mentioned it briefly. We didn't we didn't talk about this before. Right. Um, but I'm thinking about my experience as a straight man and how, like, how I've experienced and how I've been witness to how the LGBTQ community has grown, has discovered a voice, has mm-hmm. been empowered by different areas of society, mm-hmm. right? And if we're speaking really honestly, I remember a time after I left JMU, so this is maybe 2003, 4, 5, 6 area mm-hmm. time, and our fraternity... Alpha. I'm uh-huh. not putting nothing out there that everybody don't right, know, right? Exactly. We, we're good. Okay. Hey, you we, know, we we two authentic people, so authentic people have to have authentic conversations. Right. That's right. the only way we move the needle forward. And we're approaching this. We we know we're approaching this out of love. We're approaching this from exactly. a place that's not. We're not trying to be controversial. This is not a thing to get clicks. This is not about that no. at all. But I want to speak with. I, I wanted to speak about this specifically because this impacted me. Right. And it shows like. 
how in certain times of my life I wasn't an upstander mm-hmm. and I was a bystander. I let things happen. I let conversations happen. You know, the, the look of our fraternity changed, mm-hmm. right? The dynamics of our fraternity changed and shifted a bit. And from the outside looking in, it was just different. Mm-hmm. And so, again, this is how sometimes straight men and allies, like, don't speak the right language right. and don't, like, you know, me even saying it's different. No, I'm going to tell you exactly how it was different for me looking right. at it. I'm not speaking about any other brother in the chapter. But I noticed that there appeared to be, because you don't know, because, uh-huh. I, you know, there, there appeared to be more... Uh, men in the chapter that were representing or a part of the LGBTQ community, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And from the outside looking mm-hmm. in, not being on chapter, not being on campus, not really understanding how the dynamics on ca- campus changed, it didn't, like, brothers were having conversations. Mm-hmm. Like, brothers was like, yo, what's the, yo, do we need to call somebody? Like, what's going on? Like, these are the conversations that were happening. I'm sure. You know, and I and I remember being like, so what's the what's the big deal? Like because now, uh-huh. you know, now that we're older, there were brothers in the chapter all along, all along, all along. Right. That because okay. of the way that we're talking about these new brothers, didn't feel comfortable to share their experience with us. Absolutely. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. You understand like how deep that is? Like <laughs> that as. Old ass men outside the chapter, we're like, yo, I don't like how the chapter's looking right now. We gotta make some calls and like just being extra, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> just, just, it was whack. It was whack as fuck. And sorry, my mom was watching, maybe. Um, but it was just so whack. And, and, and it's, it's not something that I think as a chapter, as a chapter, we were and are better as a result mm-hmm. of there being empowered voices of men in alpha right in our chapter you know what i'm saying so i just i mean i just wanted to put that out there because i think it was kind of the thing that was unspoken and people were having (laughs) behind the back conversations and you know not being honest and i'm looking as an educator i'm like this what's the what's the big deal so i don't know if it was As unspoken as maybe, (laughs) you know, so... It was being spoken. (laughs) uh, In in one way or another, right? Right. So, you know, the the temperament of of an environment is shaped by what's said and what's not said, what's done and what's not done. Say that, yeah. Right? So, I came into the chapter, um, of course, spring 2007, um, and at that time... Um, I didn't, for me, uh, because I was also a, f- a freshman. Mm. Um, and so, you, you were a freshman when you came in? Yeah. Me too. I, I, I didn't know that. that. Oh, you, oh, you I, I guess I, you I had to learn. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I, I know your history. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. But, um, but so, you know, in coming into the, into the chapter, and mind you too, um, you know, my sexual identity was something that, I knew, you know, was there, but it was just kind of like a, an undeveloped, like, patch of land. Like, okay, like, I got it. I own it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what to do with it quite yet. Gotcha. And then I also knew coming in to JMU that there were certain there were certain things that I wanted to accomplish. And, and it feels so crazy to me now to have to, like, 
say that I had to think about it in those terms. Mm. But like I knew I that I wanted to to be an alpha. I knew mm. that that was like gonna be hopefully a part of my experience. Um, but everything that I knew anecdotally, even just in society, is like, well, you really gonna try to like enter into this organization of mm. black men mm. and. You are a gay black man. Mm. Uh, I don't know how that's gonna how that's gonna go. So I remember for me, um, when I first got to when I got to JMU, my thing was I just I want to just minimize any questions about my sexual identity. I don't you know want anything like because and this is the part that's that's fucked up, right? Because um, you know I I had like a 3.8 GPA. Mm. I was in the honors program. Mm. I was involved on campus. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I was committed to to the principles of the organization. Mm. But the only thing that I knew for sure that would like possibly get in the way wow. was something that like I had control over, but I don't really have control over. Mm. You know what I mean? Wow. And so it was like, that was the only thing that I was like, um, that I was thinking about, right? Yeah. So, um, but you know, suffice to say, things happen. Mm-hmm. I'm here, right? Right. Um, but there, there definitely were a number of times where I remember conversations coming up, like you know, people saying things without saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, people making indirect comments with you in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And just even to, down to, like, um, I remember there was a while after I crossed, probably that first year, for real, for real, um, where I just remember feeling, like, policed. Like, my actions are policed. Like, I can't, mm-hmm. don't let me, don't, and I've always loved music. I've always been a dancer. Right. You know what I'm saying? But don't, maybe don't dance so much. <laughs> at this point. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, maybe don't. Don't always be seen with like a group of female friends. Like or it was like it it was That's funny. To me, it was just like, whoa. Yeah. Because I joined this organization because of the rich legacy, because of the the work being done on a local and, and global scale. Like I joined for all of these things, but right. it's like now I feel like this experience that is supposed to be empowering has like kind of taken away some of my agency. Mm. And mind you, I didn't have the language to even articulate yeah. that. Nobody back did back you then. You know what I mean? You're like saying? 19. Especially black folks, yeah. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like 19, 20, like yeah. a college sophomore, like, you know what I'm saying? It's just, and so I said all that to say that I do remember a couple of times, um, and it was interesting because, um, a lot of times, straight men, <laughs> straight black men, <laughs> will attribute things to sexual identity that really have nothing to do with it. Right, like, right. I, I remember us getting jumped on for, like, doing a sorority tribute <laughs> and, like, a freaking no, exhibition show. You know right, what I mean? Right, it was right. like, it was like, this ha- this literally has nothing to do right, <laughs> with right. anybody's sexual identity, nothing like right, that. Right. Um, but then it's also kind of like, but... Why? Why is it so like y'all and and a lot of the people that would like you know make offhand comments or things like that? Um, it was people that had never taken the time to even like get to know 
like right. the people in the chapter that they suspected or things right. like that. And, and it's yeah. again, it's crazy to have to talk about in those terms, but you know, to to like bring the whole like to bring this all like full circle yeah. for this aspect of the conversation we're having. Um, I do remember um, being like someone approaching me and being like, oh, I see like, you know, you're um, opening the door for like, like all sorts of like people like you to come in or something like something to that effect. Wow. And I'm being like, uh, huh? I, I, there's not a. I don't really have a. Um, I don't have like an agenda here. Um, but wow. if anything, yeah. if I'm gonna be a part of this organization, I I do want to make sure that any man that is committed to upholding the ideals, right. committed to doing the work, mm-hmm. um, committed to being the best man that he can be, not just for himself but for his community. Yeah. Um, I want to make sure that those type of men yeah. feel as though they have a path, absolutely, to to mm-hmm. being a brother. Right. Um. So it, it was yet again, and, and I think things happen to prepare you for later stages in life, but I think like that was one of the first um, experiences where I had to realize, okay, this is bigger than me. It's bigger than my own discomfort and mm. like the, the conversations I might have to have or the yeah. things that might be said, but it's important to be an advocate right. for someone and or for people that other people, you know what I'm saying, may not give a second look at right, But right. I know that that's a good guy. I know mm-hmm. that that would be a great brother. Mm-hmm. You just don't like him because you've perceived something about his sexual identity, right. which has nothing to do... With brotherhood. With, yeah. with literally. Being, with being a brother, with being, you know, following the the, the, the tenets of the organization. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and hearing you say that, hearing you say all these things, I'm thinking about... I'm thinking about our chapter, but I'm thinking about all the different environments. Oh, my gosh. Like, all the different environments where, you know, folks in the LGBTQ community don't have agency, don't have a voice, Mm -hmm. don't have a say. And on top of... And then add a layer of being young, Mm -hmm. add a layer of being black Mm -hmm. at a university like James James Mm -hmm. Madison's, Mm -hmm. where... Especially when y'all were there, it was like five percent black folks on and, campus. And I honestly think that they were that, counting like the staff that were there. <laughs> right. <laughs> Grad students. Okay, right. You know what I'm saying? Just um, I, I just it it makes me think of the opportunities that would have been there. Yeah. If somebody like me mm-hmm. at the time, you know, or if an advisor or if another brother was like, yo. Let's F the BS. Let's come together and let's talk. Like, what's really going on? Exactly. Like, like, let's have some conversations as black men because that's, you know, that's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be leaders of thought. Exactly. We're supposed to be, you know, um, we're first. You know what I'm saying? Like, so we we had that opportunity um, and we didn't utilize it. But, right. but what I think happened is, you know, you, you tell me, correct me if I'm mm-hmm. wrong. I think that because brothers like you wore mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. it did create an organization that at least on the surface people felt like they could see themselves in. Mm-hmm. That's why we join organizations, right? Because right? you sure. say like, oh, look at them. I can see myself a mm-hmm. part of that group. Uh, representation always matters. 
that's a, that was, you know my, <laughs> that's, that's what I was saying. Right. Th- that's it. It, it like, always matters. Um, and and I mean, I, to to that point. Um, again, I think that it's one of those things where it's like I didn't necessarily know that in pursuing like that pursuing a dream. Like, and and I don't. I'm not overstating it. Like, that was, like, literally a goal of mine. Yeah. I, I would cross colleges off my list that didn't have an active chapter <laughs> alpha. You know what I'm saying? That's like, what's it, up, it was, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It was that real for me. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I didn't really see pursuing that dream, like, end up, you know, having me become more solidified in this, again, undeveloped part of my... Or, or I would say underdeveloped part of my identity. Um, but, like, you know, again, at, at a certain point, you just realize, like, okay, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. But think of, like, the, the cost of not eventually being able to own who I am and, and knowing what that could mean for the space of brotherhood. Mm. Um like it that had to outweigh just being comfortable because at, at the end of the day I wasn't gonna be comfortable either way right you know what I mean right, I'm not gonna right. be comfortable just like trying to like put on or um or accepting like just isolation because at, at some point you withdraw mm-hmm. um and I wasn't gonna be comfortable with that I wasn't gonna be comfortable sitting there and allowing certain shit to just fly by right and right. not check it right right um but you know all of that you have to learn how to how to how to not only be able to articulate who you are and what you're about um but you have to be able to to do that and and say it unabashedly to other people Mm -hmm. um and so and it it took time but i i would like to think that as a result of that you know time period um i would hope that now to this day that there are there isn't a brother or a man on that campus that doesn't feel as though, mm-hmm. you know, I want to be an alpha man. I embody these values. I, I'm willing to work hard. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm a solid student. I'm a, you know, want to be a leader. Mm-hmm. Things like that. I would hope that of all the organizations, because that's the other piece of it too, right? It's the, a lot of people cared about how, Zydelta Alpha would look to Perception. other organizations, yeah. other chapters. Mm-hmm. When I mean, it really shouldn't come as a surprise, but everybody, um, all organizations have <laughs> queer people in them. FYI, <laughs> if you were wondering, like, right. every single last one. <laughs> so you know, I mean, it's like, um, but but that yeah, would them be, too. Because you know <laughs> people are like even them, yes, yes. Them too. Right. Yes, like, and, and it is something that um, I remember Bates used to say. Um, Bates was our advisor, mm-hmm. of course, you know that, but uh, for the people at home, um, he would say, you know, an organ- a fraternity or sorority is a microcosm of society. So just whatever you find in society, mm-hmm. you're more than likely going to find that element in an organization. And so I think that that same filter lens understanding whatever your term of choice has to be applied to just everyday life like not even looking at a specific organization or something like that but but if we need to like group it off like within the black community 
there are going to be black people who identify mm-hmm. as members of the LGBTQ plus community. Right. And that means at your job, at your church, in your daycare, in your carpool, on the metro, uh, in your tap dance class, wherever you're going, yoga, whatever, whatever you're doing. They like we're we're there. We're here. And and something I often also have to point out is that um, it's doubly tough, not in terms of like racial, not just in terms of just racial identity, but in terms of like the the intersect of race and sexuality, because there's a lot of racism that you face. Mm. in the LGBTQ plus community mm. as a person of color, as a black person. Mm. So you getting like that extra racism over here, but then over the black community, you getting the extra... <laughs> you got a double scoop of racism. So right. it's just a, like... A double scoop, yeah. It's like, okay, so yeah. then where... And how do I situate myself within these identities, right? Yeah. Um, and that can be a process if you have the right supports around you. Um, you can develop your agency and your voice and, and become empowered in being like, okay, this is who I am, this is what I stand for, and this is what I will tolerate, this is what I will not allow under any circumstances, mm. and this is how I'm going to go about articulating my values to the world. Right. This is how I'm going to go about being an activist. This is how I'm going to go about... You know what I'm saying? Doing these things that are important because I know that they're important right. because I know what it feels like when no one in the room says anything. Mm, I know what it that, feels right. like when, you know, people treat you a certain way or mm. you're intentionally excluded from things. Right. Um, and, a, and a lot of times it's it's because people perceive. <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's not it's anything not you're doing. It's, right. Yeah, it's, you know, it's not any conversation that you've had with anyone. It's just a... I'm gonna make a snap judgment based on what I think, mm-hmm. um, and so let that be that. I'm that, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 no. So uh, imagine like people making snap judgments mm. based on what they see. Mm. Like, shouldn't all folks, especially black folks, whether straight or gay, have some sort of feeling of what that is? Like, how do you? How? how like, how can you? In 2019, be like I don't understand, you know why this why the why the gay community um, can't just do this and can't just do that. But then we're up in arms when a police officer shoots an unarmed black man, or an unarmed black woman, or when they're, what they're doing with folks at the border, or what they're doing in our school systems and one of the most racist institutions in the country. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll talk about that. But you know what I'm saying? Like, how can you? Um, with our race, as black folks, as brown folks, like, really not understand what it's like to be on the end of snap judgments and what the potential is Mm -hmm. for what happens at the end of that judgment. You know what I'm saying? Like, people are losing their lives. People are getting bleach thrown on them. And it's not new. You know what I'm saying? It's not... This didn't elevate just because of uh, Jesse Smollett's situation. Right. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think that there are different moments in people's lives that's like wake-up calls. Mm-hmm. You know, collective wake-up calls. Right. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm seeing so much on 
you know, like we were talking about on, on all the social media and, and everything, all these different exchanges about this this comparison, like this, like having people, like making people having to weigh which side they want to be on, like actual polls I saw. Did this happen because of Jesse's sexuality or because of his race? And I'm like, yo, if we're going to... Like, if we're going to really be for people, yep. unabashedly be for people, mm-hmm. like, speak up and speak out for people, then we have to stop this compare. Like, we can't play Oppression Olympics. We can't. We and, can't do that. And, and so, with that, it just, so many things of what you just said just, like, strike me or, or just really resonate. Um... But, you know, a couple of things, right? I don't even know where I want to start. (laughs) I'll start with this. And I hate to to bring this example into it, but just because it's very recent and Mm -hmm. we, we talk about black men, right? I probably saw more people not apply a critical lens to everything that we've been told about R. Kelly uh, and not go. question it and just, just blindly support <laughs> yeah. him yeah. Yeah. and say yeah. X, Y, Z, make all sorts of excuses then a man that we haven't heard about mm. engaging in anything you know, illegal mm-hmm. or anything like that. Jesse Smollett has been an activist for not just LGBTQ plus rights right. and issues, right. but for black rights mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. issues, like outspoken, mm-hmm. and you question this like this attack on this man, you you don't have his back yeah. for as much as you can, like in terms of like you know just the community rallying together around. It. Like there should be no question should about no rallying question. around someone. I don't care. It, Justice Smollett, it could have been Rihanna, like uh, anybody within the community mm-hmm. that is that is experienced something like that. Yeah, um, we should we should be rallying around them, mm-hmm. but it's because of the the level, it's because of the added identity of of sexual identity, the added intersection of sexual identity. If that happened to any other like. Black actor or mm-hmm. black singer, mm-hmm. uh, black mm-hmm. male. You know, if that happened, if something like that happened to Chris Brown, people would be burning down Chicago right Listen. now. Listen, you know right. what I mean, right. like, right. And so, and 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 so, it, to me, it's very interesting that we will allow, like, we will allow these these irrational. Um, and I call them irrational because I truly believe that they are. But we will let these irrational opinions that we have of, of people and, and, and certain identities and things like that negate what we know is the right thing to do. The mm. right thing to do in a situation like this is to speak out yeah. about it. You have um, to. You know what I mean? Like, and we're speaking out about commercials of, and about dumb shit. You know, about what Cardi B said about Trump. Then you got to speak out about like issues that are affecting our humanity. It, like I, like black yeah. folks, gay folks, human like people exactly. that we love, humanity. And, and and like that's just that's just it, right? But you know, I was having this conversation um, 
with a, a good um, friend of mine a couple of weeks ago. And my belief is that people will always cling to whatever identity they feel provides them like more power, more um, the word agency just keeps coming to mm-hmm, mind. But mm-hmm. but whatever identity they feel like sets them a notch above. Mm-hmm. So if I'm a black male and I feel like black men are just because you know a lot of times black men like to feel as though black men are at the bottom of society's totem pole. Mm-hmm. Not here to cast any judgment on that, but right. that's right. just a thing. Right. That people believe that. Right. So if I believe that to be true, then if I come face to face with a black gay man, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna cling to the I'm fact that now. Okay, right. right. And it's, it's I'm gonna I'm gonna cling to the fact that I'm a black straight man, so that puts me here, that puts you here. Right, right. So right. you know what I mean? So it's just like I think that because that's and and that happens across the board with different yeah. identities, but that's just one that I've noticed a lot, especially in being in that space where I always tell people, I'm a black gay man. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it really is like those are my probably my three most salient identities because mm-hmm. those are the ones that on a daily basis I have to confront. Right. Right. Like. Right. Even when. People don't realize that I'm confronting it in mm-hmm. that moment. I'm having to confront it yeah. because of something that's said, because of the way that an environment is set up. And I know that my story isn't unique. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people. Right. That's a lot of my friends. That's a lot of my brothers. That's a lot of, you know what I'm saying, like people that I know. Right. Um, and so in that, I guess I just always experience a huge dissonance because whenever mm. I'm advocating for black people, I'm not advocating for black queer people. Right. I'm, right. You know what I'm right, saying? I'm right. not my my love for black people and blackness um isn't limited to yeah. just the identities that I approve of. Yeah. So you know, it's just it's always for me it's crazy because it's like I've been out there, I've marched, mm-hmm. you know, after, you know, Mike Brown and, you know, different um you know, different instances of police brutality or, or um, just white people killing us. Um, <laughs> like, you know, I've been out there, I've marched, I've, like, spoken out um, in different, like, in environments I've been in, you know, on behalf of, like, black people. Mm-hmm. But I often wonder if something happens to me, mm-hmm. who shows up? Yeah, it's just going to be black women. Right. It's just going to be, you know... Just just white gay black men? Like, or, or white folks... You know what I'm saying? Like, and and that's the part where, you know, something that I think I, I would consider myself like maybe a, a cool, a quiet, not not utilizing my voice the Absolutely. way that I could, the potential of that, um, you know, and and I'm and I'm keen to it. I hear it. I see it, and I'm like, oh, I want to address that issue, right? Because, yeah, it is about gay folks. It is about black folks and as a straight man I feel like I have to like I have to like right. I, I, it, 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 we don't have 
the choice anymore. Mm. And this is what I've always been saying, what I've been mm. saying recently. And we can start to like to wrap it. I don't know but how long we've been going. I see a couple of questions. Oh, you have too, questions. So okay, I, that's why I was like right. explaining that. So let, let's do this. Let me make this last point, then we can talk questions, mm-hmm. yeah. and then we could. Um, but you know what I always think? I feel like. You're in your 30s. Mm-hmm. I'm in my 20s. <laughs> and what's so funny? I don't understand. <laughs> no, like I'm in my 40s, right? And I feel like even though we're still trying to figure it out, mm-hmm. right? Well, you know, as an older man, like older straight man, like I'm trying to figure out like wh- how do I play my part? Like how mm-hmm. do I allow uh, the folks around me to have agency, have their voice, mm-hmm. and, and still not be silent when right. it's time to speak up? And, like, if I need to roll up my sleeves and throw these hands for my brothers, regardless of who it is, like, I'm, right. it's, it's that time. Um, but even with all that, I'm like, we're going to be fine. Right. You know, we're, we're, we're old. Like, right. we're, we're men. Mm-hmm. So you know what I think about? I think about my son. Mm. I think about my daughter. I think about all my friends' kids. I think about the kids when I go into schools. And I'm thinking, if these grown-ass men... And adults are having breakdowns and committing suicide and getting bleach thrown on them in the middle of the street, regardless of how rich they are or how poor or where they're from, then how are our kids processing this? You know what I'm saying? Like, how, how, like, how do we make sure that my son or whoever's son or whoever's daughter, when they get to college, they don't have to feel like they have to hide a, a important component of their identity mm-hmm. to make people feel comfortable. You know what I'm saying? And, and like, what, what does that do into them psychologically when they're already targets because of their race? I'm talking about Absolutely. black folks. I'm talking about black children. Absolutely. And brown children. Black children, for real. Like, if they're already dealing with that in Trump's America, mm-hmm. like, how are we arming them with the agency to be like, this is who I am. I'm comfortable. I'm good. And I know my dad and my brother and my dad's fraternity brother is going to have my back exactly. if, if something needs to happen. And, and so that's the unfortunate piece of it, right? Because, I mean, I think I thank God literally that I made it to be able to sit here and talk to you today, right? Because just the, t- the statistics around you know, queer youth and, and queer youth of color and, and suicide rates and things like that, it's, it, it's quite disturbing. It's mind-blowing. It's absolutely. And I didn't know. I'm going to tell you real quick. I'm absolutely. Gonna no, I used to it. work in, um, in some of the schools in D.C., and at one school in particular, there is a large uh, trans man, trans woman population, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Um, and this is a public school in the middle of D.C., uh, you probably know the school mm-hmm. well, and these young men um, were become were were running away from home because their parents were threatening to kill them, right? Like this this is 2011, 12, 13, mm-hmm. 14 in DC. In DC, they were runaways, and they form like they have like support groups that they formed for themselves, mm-hmm. but ultimately. There's a huge homeless population in yeah. D.C., and a large result of that is because, because these boys identify in, this, in the spectrum somewhere Absolutely. in the LGBTQ plus area, and they didn't know what to do. Right. Their parents kicked them out, and they had to go and fend for themselves. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just, we have to protect our children. We have we to do. protect each other. We definitely do. You know? We definitely do. It, I mean, it's, to cut you off. It's a, no, 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 no. 
it's good. Like this, um, it's true. It's true. We definitely have to protect one another, and, and we have to do a better job of affirming. Giving so a part of giving people agency and empowering them to be in charge of their own narrative is that mm. when I say I'm this, then let me know that you are gonna love me and have my back mm. mm-hmm. when I say I'm this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Don't not let me the, question that. Right. Don't yeah. like not the okay, like, you know, are you sure? Mm-hmm. Are like this, that, you know, the third. So um, so with that, um, you know, as we were talking about just, you know, the the self-harm and the the um the different coping um mechanisms that that young people and honestly adults too mm. um are using to to try to navigate their way through their identities. It's just it's 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 sad because it doesn't have to be that way. Mm. But a lot of it does start with, okay, the people that I care about the most, how do they view me? Mm-hmm. That impacts how I view myself. Mm-hmm. But then in spaces, so we, like, school is compulsory in this country. Mm-hmm. You got, if you're between a certain age, you got to be in school. Mm-hmm. But what are schools doing to protect young people and to do a better job of, like, and, and yes, bullying is a thing that has been around for what seems like forever. Mm-hmm. But I still don't think that educational institutions, particularly on like the grade school and secondary level, that they are taking that issue as seriously as we would like to mm-hmm. think that they are, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. despite the high-profile instances yeah. of young people taking their lives. I mean, I just... I, there was a story, even not even six months ago, yep. it just broke me down. Crazy. Like, in the the the, the child's mother, yeah. you know what I'm saying, was supportive and, mm-hmm. and things like that, but if I'm spending seven hours at school every day and I'm going through hell, mm-hmm. then kind of like what ends up winning. And so... It's it's a matter of making sure that young people and, and you know, while focusing on young people because that's where we are in the conversation right now, mm-hmm. but making sure that young people feel cared and affirmed at home and then also demanding mm. of the school environments that we're sending our, our babies to right. and our young people to. Yeah. We have to demand that you provide a space where my child, where my you know, nephew, more my niece, where where they feel comfortable and mm-hmm. where they feel as though they can be who they are. Mm-hmm. And the moment someone tries to physically harm them or verbally harm them, you know, that you are taking action so that they know that they're being supported, mm-hmm. not only in the home, but in school. Yeah. Um, taking those things seriously, you're making sure that if my child or my student identifies as trans, that the teacher at the front of the room isn't misgendering them, isn't misnaming them. Mm-hmm. You know, people will apply a lot of excuses mm-hmm. to bullshit behavior, but it's like, no. If a child says that this is their name, mm-hmm. if a child says that, or if, if a person says that this is their gender identity, mm-hmm. you, you, you adapt. Yeah, you, you, have to, you should. The same way if, if somebody comes to school one day and now they need glasses. 
you move them to the front of the classroom, exactly. right? Like if, if, if they, if that's a part of their educational experience and how they're experiencing this learning environment, Absolutely. then you make changes. Teachers and education systems can do that absolutely. if they want to. They absolutely can. Yeah. And, and so it's incumbent upon all of us to ensure that, um, again, we, we build and we hold the spaces accountable that young people are in, yeah. outside of the home, in the home, et cetera, that we hold them to the standard of protect my child in all of their identities mm-hmm. or... You know what I'm saying? I will take action. Yeah. And and the unfortunate part about it is that just the law doesn't support that right. in every corner of the nation. Right. Right. Um, but so with that, um, and just thinking about, um, you know, trying to, like, wrap heads around this conversation. Because, you know, we both knew that this is a conversation starter. Right. But it, it's, right. it's something that needs to happen and yeah. and is important I mean, we don't have all the answers, but um, it's as simple as starting with just sitting down because a lot of times, even if you don't, some of us are aware when we have people around us that we are making to feel like they have to be a certain way, act a certain way. Mm -hmm. And it could be something as simple as just saying, hey, you know I got your back for whatever, right? Right, right. Like... I think about like yeah. you know what I'm saying my one one of my line brothers, you know, that was the conversation that we had. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Hey, we can have this conversation and we can move forward as if whatever you you are trying to tell me mm-hmm. and it's hard for you to say, we can just skip ahead in the conversation like you said it, mm-hmm. and we good yeah. and you know I got you mm-hmm. and boom, and and it can be as simple as that mm-hmm. you know what I mean until. A person is ready to to be to fully, forthcoming yeah, and, yeah. and to you know say speak their truth in that way, yeah. Um, but yeah. So I say that um, I know that we had a couple of people like yeah, some had comments. some questions. Let's see if so, I can uh, don't excuse my face all close up to the camera. <laughs> Look at Martin's up here. I'm sure he's looking. Uh, wait, hold on. These are students. Let me see. We're looking at questions, y'all. So. What do you identify with more being black? Or and being I know gay? that there was more to that. Question. I think. All right, let's let's go back to the top. Let's see if we can okay. go to the top and then work our way down. Hey, what's up, Brandon? The other Brandon Green. What's up? <laughs> what's up, bro? SK, y'all needed me in this convo. No, we didn't. We're good. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> no shade to SK, but all shade to SK. Okay. That's my line, brother. I can talk to him like that. Uh, I think Brandon was just comment. Brandon says so many apologists still owed. I think mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about, Brandon. All right, mm-hmm. we got you. He's laughing, making jokes. All right, let me see. I don't see. Okay, understanding. So this is from Yusef Trowell. You know Yusef? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, understanding LGBTQ and more specifically gay black men can be very confusing. Okay. Before before college, I only experienced open gay, open black gay men that. Act, that were acting feminine. Mm-hmm. Of course, they were closet gay guys, but I wasn't aware of. Aware of. Mm-hmm. My question, how much latitude do you provide straight black men to understand? Okay. That's a good question. Yeah, That's a know. really good question. So, and I'm glad that he asked that question because what I was going to say mm, um, really is that question, I don't necessarily like have resentment mm-hmm. for you know, frat brothers, 
you know, other people, you know, on campus or in different environments and spaces I've been in um, throughout my life, um, especially more specifically younger people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, people my age, people along my, my peer group. I don't harbor resentment because I think that if we can accept that, you know, people that we look up to, like, you know, former president of the country, mm-hmm. can shift his views on, like, you know, marriage equality, things True. like that. Mm-hmm. If we can accept that, like, some of our favorite entertainers have been able to evolve in their thinking, then I have to believe that people that had probably the same access to information that I had, right. um, you know, grew up hearing the same, you know, BS jokes mm-hmm. or, or mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. stereotypes about, you know, gay people that I heard, yeah. um, I have no choice but to believe that they have the ability to shift and evolve, too. And I think that a lot of um, brothers, you know, that, and I'll, I'll speak to that specifically, a lot of brothers that I interacted with, you know, at that stage of my life mm-hmm. and I, you know, interact with them now... Um, I definitely see a shift. I see yeah. a more mature, yeah. um, you know, man before me. And so I, I give straight black men the latitude and, and the opportunity to yeah. become um, informed, to become, um, to, to, to better understand right. um, who I am mm-hmm. and, and who, you know, other people who identify as queer are. Right. Because... Um, nobody, no two people are the exact same. Right, you know, how right, I express right. my sexual identity is how I do it. Right. Somebody else may be a completely different story. But, you know, I say all that to say that um, I will provide that latitude if you show, though, that you are willing That's to evolve yep. in your thinking. Yeah. I'm not going to allow you to slap me in the face two times and then sit there waiting for a third. Right. You know, right, right, right. honestly me, I'm not gonna allow more than once. Right, right, um, right. And that once you got me good because I'm usually quick on <laughs> right, reflexes. Right, right. But you know, I, I think that um what I would not tolerate is someone continuing to I'm trying to say it without saying that word. Someone continuing to mess up. Uh-huh. Um and show no remorse. Yeah. No desire to atone no even flexibility mm-hmm. to broaden their understanding. Yeah. I think it's like anything. I think it's like that that's a great question that you sort of asked. I mean, this is it's relationship one on one. Right? Like For if, sure. if you're in a relationship with someone that you love or that you're friends with, whether it's romantically or just brotherly, sisterly, whatever, if you wrong them and mm-hmm. if you have a history of wronging them. Yeah and you come to realize that what you were doing was wrong, sure, you could change your actions, right? right? Changing your actions, of course, that's what you do. Absolutely. But this is the part I think mm-hmm. for, and I'm, I'm thinking with my relationship, like as a, as a married man, I'm uh-huh. thinking like what makes my apologies worthwhile? Exactly. It's changing my behavior, but it's also saying, babe, let me tell you what I did. Mm-hmm. I was wrong to you. Like I, I treated you like this, I ignored you, I did whatever it is, and I'm not going to do that anymore. Right. So it's like you have to, yeah, you apologize, you had the latitude to change, but I feel like sometimes, I'm speaking for myself, Mm -hmm. as a a straight black man, like to maybe some of my gay, but my gay boys, like friends, whatever, like I, like my actions change, of course, because I've grown, but maybe I haven't gone back to them to say, 
I was, I was fucked up in, yeah. in college, or I didn't treat you the way I should. Or I made that joke. It was insensitive. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like naming that behavior right. in any relationship is so important. So important. And and that gives the agency back to whoever Absolutely. you're talking to. You know what Absolutely. I'm saying? Because you then, took it away from them when you was talking about it, and you give it back and say, I'm, right. I'm not going to do that anymore. And and let that person, if that person has been understanding enough to still have you in their life and to, to you know what I'm saying? Like, honor that by yeah. actually doing the work to change. Right. Um, right. And also, you know, I, I do think that people have to realize that sometimes you have to get the lesson and you have to do yourself work. Um, but that doesn't mean that that person is going to allow you to continue to take oh. up space. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, because some things, and, and, and this is something I think is especially true um, when it comes to some of the dynamics of, of relationships that we've, you know, talked about um, in terms of, like, organizations mm-hmm. or just um, different friend, peer groups, things like that. There's some things that you can do to a person. Um, there's some certain uh, actions that you didn't put into, certain things that you say, um, that can be difficult to come back from. Mm-hmm. True. You know what I mean? Because you don't know the full, mm-hmm. the full uh, force of devastation that you caused. Right. And, and sometimes it's, you know, it's maybe worth having that conversation, but also understand that sometimes when people do their work to, to heal from trauma, they don't want to revisit again. Mm. Um, that doesn't give you an excuse not to grow. Just because you apologize and I say, okay, that doesn't mean that because I don't give you a, oh, like, that's cool, you know what I'm saying? Like, we we, good. Yeah, like yeah. that doesn't mean that you don't mm-hmm. still have the ownership of right. doing your work to right. fix your behavior. So yeah. that's... No, that's good. That, that's a really good question. Let me come nice. through. Uh, I think Brandon was answering uh, some of that. Um, yep, but mm-hmm. that way folks have to take take account, accountability, teach accountability and respect to children, and that's what we were talking about. Yes. Who, what do you identify with more, being black or being gay? Um, <laughs> do you want to answer? Do you want to? I can answer. Do you want to take a take a stab? I at that? sure will. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, I wake up every day and I'm black and I'm gay. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> thank you. Good night. You right, know what right, I mean? It's right. not like I. And I don't say this to, to be tongue-in-cheek or anything, but um, what do you identify with more, being black or being straight? You know what I mean? Like, it's the thing about your identities is that although some may be more salient for you personally, mm-hmm. and you know that because of the circles you move in, the work that you engage in on a regular basis, mm-hmm. things like that, um, that doesn't mean that... Like, my more salient identities aren't more important than my other identities. It just means that, again, I'm confronted with these more Mm -hmm. on a daily basis. And within those more salient identities, I said black gay male. Mm -hmm. It's it's literally the order of the words doesn't doesn't dictate one above the other, Right. right? right? Because the reality is that I get put in in very... Uh, messed up situations because both of them mm. sometimes and then but also both of them provide me a space and a platform to engage in advocacy and to um, honor a part of my life's purpose mm-hmm. and you know 
having conversations around equity and social justice. So, like, I need all of my identities to inform my worldview and to inform how I move about the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a black gay male, um, and and I think that the other point I want to make about this too is when you do hold multiple intersecting identities as and they're all marginalized, mm. you don't have the luxury of choosing one above the mm. other. Mm-hmm. You have to be mindful of all of them for your own survival. Right. Um, Literal survival. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, yeah. and so I do usually make the distinction that um, sometimes like nine people of color, um, they have more space to kind of like navigate, okay, where, how am I feeling about this identity right now or how is this identity showing up for me whereas a black person a black gay man I don't I can't say well I just want to be black today right right, right, right. <laughs> or I just want to be gay today mm-hmm, like it's mm-hmm. I just want to be a man today yeah, like it's, it yeah. doesn't work like that yeah. um, and the, the what you know um, I don't know Yusef at all um, but what that question uh, why did he ask you that? Why did he Why did he ask me which one mm-hmm. do I identify mm-hmm. with, being black or straight? And I think, I mean, I know the answer. Mm-hmm. Like we know the answer. We uh-huh. talked about that. But I mean, and that's no absolutely no shade mm-hmm. to the question. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just a it's a mentality that you know that there it's a lot going on. It's a lot yeah. in that to unpack. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And I think that you know. I, I want to move forward. If there's any, if there's any more questions, we'll look at them. But I think, like in conclusion, yeah. like I really want us to, um, and we talked about this brand. I, I don't want this to be like a, a kumbaya. Like no. why can't we all just get along? Like why can't we just love each other? Exactly. Or all life matter type situation. Right. Like, um, and at the same time, I think we, I think we have to stop comparing. I think yes. we have to start, like, we have to stop doing this, like, you know, who has it worse, this uh, person or this exactly. group? Who, you know, who needs more support, this person or this group, men or women? Because uh-huh. that's the, we can have another conversation. We need to throw a couple of women around this table and have that conversation, Listen. too, because I see it doing so much damage. It is. It does. It really does. And I think that, you know, a part of it is being a marginalized people um marginalized groups are often forced to compete for resources right Mm -hmm. so in if we attribute that lens to this type of conversation um you know it's well who gets more attention when they're attacked Mm -hmm. black people or gay people who like who do people rally around more and and the the thing is is that um (laughs) For people who lie at the intersections, it's never gonna be an and or. It's both and. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's but look at how, look at our mentality that we are. And this, I mean, if you believe in Willie Lynch or if you believe in mm-hmm. slave mentality or what have you, but look at what we're. I would say, eighty five percent of the disagreements that I see online mm-hmm. are people competing over who has it worse. Exactly. So look, we're, we're fighting over who's more oppressed, right. who's more hurt, who's more disadvantaged, who who commits suicide more, who has it, you know, who has the least amount of access to resources. Right. Where I think, like, my push is, like, 
we got to talk about, like, we got to shift that narrative. Exactly. How can we work together so that to make sure that you're not hurt? Uh-huh. Make sure that I'm not, not hurt, hurt and right. that anybody around this table who we invite that's marginalized knows that if there's a gay black woman at that table and a trans man right there and there's a straight black woman here, that if somebody were to step to anyone around this table... We all rising up. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, we're all like, nah, it's not going to happen. And I don't know that the other people in that group believe that straight men are going to, straight black men are going to come to their defense. No, Or that they're going not. to speak up and use whatever platform or, or ask the hard questions or be vulnerable and say, yo, back in the 90s, I was messed up. Like, right. I didn't know what I was doing. But so it's like, that's, I, I want to really, and that's really the core of what this is. Like, Absolutely. E- empowering ourselves like yes. making sure that we know that mm-hmm. we got each other's back exactly. anybody who's watching this feeling whatever like we got your back and that like we really have to use like black people right now are popping right you know it's like black is popping right, right now i don't want it to be a situation where we're dividing right. our poppingness to focus on who is the most marginalized right. in, in sexuality or in income and or who whatever? Are we gonna like, and what type of black person we're going to support? Right? Like again, anytime anything happens to a member of the black community, hmm. I care. Yeah, I don't sit there and say, "Well, if okay, if it's a straight black man, okay, I don't really care. Right? Uh, if it's a it's a trans woman, mm, not my identity. Okay, like no, like." If you're gonna, if you truly believe that Black lives matter, then that has to apply to all Black lives. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And and really, and that's why I'm I'm grateful for brothers like you, um, because you know I don't assume that straight Black men don't care mm. about these issues. However, I have prepared myself for them not to. Mm. That's, you know what I mean? That's like crazy. I, I prepared. Myself for okay, like there's probably gonna be. I can pinpoint the people that I know who talk about and care about this issue, mm. and the people that are just gonna be silent and keep it moving right. to the next thing. Right. And that for me, I often find myself in that like, ten, like that tension of, okay, like, but then to what degree do you continue to engage with people that you know don't care about all of your identities? Mm. Right. So, right, right, you right. know, I think that, the, like you said, like, the thing about situations like what happened to Justice Smollett um, and, and thinking about just the things that we're seeing in our own communities, like, you might not see someone, you know, get uh, bleach poured on them or something like that, but you overhear people, like, joking, right. mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, people, or, or you've seen people physically intimidate mm-hmm. people because of, of their various identities. And what are you doing about that? Mm-hmm. How, how are you using your platform mm-hmm. and, and your space to stop that? Yeah. And so, I mean, I just, I, for any brother out there, for anybody that wants to have this conversation, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that anybody that knows me knows I'm not one of those people that is attacking. I, um, I, I definitely am always willing to sit down and, and talk about issues like this. Mm. And I see. Wow, that's a good question. Okay, and that, somebody asked. I, I feel like how long have we been going? How long? Where's this? Where's, where's the time? You so know, you know, it's. Um, is this, 
Is the time on your? It oh, is. it's eight thirty six. What time do we so start? So we've been. We probably started around seven twenty. Seven twenty because we said yeah, seven fifteen. Yeah. So mm-hmm. okay. So this question from Emmanuel Bryan says: Before you go, would y'all mind discussing your experience watching Moonlight? When I heard about what happened to Jesse, it reminded me of what we did intentionally. In, oh, what we did internally as men, to now people doing it externally to our culture, but still on a toxic masculinity trip. Ooh, we could okay. I got a, I got a suggestion. Go, go, okay, I got a suggestion. Okay, um, I think we should hold off on that. Okay, um, we didn't. We kind of talked about toxic masculinity, mm-hmm. but we really didn't talk about like what that means, right. how that like how it's evolved, like mm-hmm. that term toxicity itself. Right. And, um, and I'm thinking maybe we come back together. I Again? definitely think so. Uh, yeah. Yes. I think this is a conversation I definitely have wanted to have with you about that Same. particular phrase. Same. Yeah. Oh, toxic masculinity. Yes. Oh, I got so much to say about that. That's why I know. That's right. why I know. If we go into that, it's going to be, that's that's 30 minutes at least. Exactly. Because um, for those that, yo, I, I have a, my man, my, my podcast is the idea uh-huh. of manhood. So toxic mm-hmm. masculinity is something I talk about a lot. But I do, um, I do just want to just thank Brandon. Um, you know, Brandon is a brother that I've, you know, like I said, I've known since 06, 07 right. when he came to JMU into the fraternity and organization. And um, I've, I've always appreciated, you know, just the way you live your life out loud, like in, in all aspects, mm-hmm. not just your sexuality, not just being black, not just being educated, not just in music, because <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot. But I, I, I feel like... Um, I, I, I related to you. Like, mm-hmm. I felt like even though all of our identities didn't cross at the same right. place, um, you know, it's kinder spirits. For sure. You know what I'm saying? For and sure. it's, you know what's funny you said? I, I promise we're going to end. But I used to get made fun of by my brothers because everybody knew when the PC ballroom opened and the DJ started playing at JMU that if there's going to be a dance-off, that I'm going to be in the dance-off. You in there, like, right. Like, what is not even a question. <laughs> to this day, what's that? <laughs> that Bob like, to this day, to this day, I will get on the dance floor and I will kill it. Like, I don't right. care. Like, I don't, you know, we saw each other. At some, we did. <laughs> at that, um, it was some party on 8th Street. Oh, my gosh. Uh, what oh was, yeah, it, it oh. was that like the the reverb or and, uh, red rocks at red rocks. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's like the reminisce joint. The remin at that party was crazy. It was, but it's like I I I know that I I you know I may not embody what most folks might mm-hmm. think of as like a straight man mm-hmm. like stereotypically because right. like I sing and uh-huh. I like music and I'm going to come in and I'm going to dead anybody on the dance floor exactly. and you know I'm going to spit a hot 16 uh-huh. and I'm going to you know I'm going to you know vibe out to different things so I started saying this because I just really appreciate the way that you show up and that I've always mm-hmm. seen you show up in different spaces um, and so when you text and say like we need to have this convo like I was like, hands down. Like, I don't care what we're doing. I'm going to come out here and, and have this conversation. So I really appreciate you. And thanks for opening up your house, oh, your man. dope spot, the the Black thank Museum. Uh, I really appreciate it. Oh, man. man. No, thank you, bro. Like, it's, it's always meant a lot to know that I have connection to, to a brother like you mm. um, who, 
you know, still gets to even even though, um, and, and I think a part of that is just like how we've come to define and view what it means to be a man. So mm-hmm. this is why I've always loved like the title of your podcast, mm-hmm. the idea of manhood. Yeah. A lot of ideas floating around. Here. Exactly. But, um, exactly. But I appreciate you know that in in where you're able to sit as a straight man, um, that that has never felt in opposition to who I am mm. as a person. Mm-hmm. And that it's always felt like, you know what, this is this is a brother that's dope. We connect on so many things mm-hmm. and that's what's always been at the the core of I think our relationship. Mm-hmm. And so um, I appreciate I extra appreciate just knowing that did, having this conversation means as much to you as it did to me. Absolutely. Without a doubt. So, Without a doubt, man. Thank you. No doubt, bro. Peace That's out, true. y'all. We're gonna be back. I don't we're not gonna we're gonna set a date of time, yes. but we will give you more than 30 minutes notice next time when we're gonna go live. Absolutely. And we want this chat room full. We want questions. If yes. there's things that you want to hear in preparation for the next talk about exactly. masculinity or toxic masculinity. Um, then definitely let us know. But yeah, I think is. we have something. I think this is a, a special connection here. We, sure. we, we don't want to let that go down. Not at all. All right, man. Right. See y'all later. Peace, Peace out. Peace out. Uh, uh, bye. I'm old, so I mean, I got to know where the button's on. There you go. Oh, wait. You want it? Yeah, I do want it. Anyway. I know. My words are actually doing this. Can I come? Oh, be asking you to come next time. Of course. Yes. <laughs> Peace out.